Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann. It's the Contender Cast. We are shining a light on bright ideas. And if you drink coffee or you like to drink beverage out of a coffee mug, you're going to love our conversation today. Alan and Diana Arsenault, they have started a company called Jammer. And I am so glad you guys are with me on the podcast today. Awesome. We're glad to be here. Yeah, thanks. thanks for having us. I was really looking forward to this conversation. Um, I love what you guys are doing with the company and your product. And I love your backgrounds and your story. And so let's dive in. So share with our audience, how did you guys decide to start this company, Jammer? And like, what was the origination of it? We were having lunch with my grandfather. My grandfather was my hero growing up. Uh, he was the 82nd Airborne Army Ranger during the Korean War. I actually lived with my grandparents through high school. And he was called Hercules in the Army because he was so strong. Wow. And so we're having lunch with him in his senior living community a few years ago. And he was holding a paper cup of water. And he was struggling to bring it to his mouth. And so jokingly, I was like, hey, Pop, if you can barely drink a cup of water, how do you drink coffee? Right. And you know, because he loves his coffee. He, he's always loved his coffee. Smile faded from his face, and he looked at me very seriously. And he's like, Alan, do yourself a favor. Don't get old. My hand hurts, my wrist, my arm hurts, everything hurts. Well, at that moment, I realized that, you know, when I hold a cup, it hurts my hand. Right. <laughs> Most people are in the same boat. Yeah, and when we got home that night, I pulled my favorite mug out of the cabinet, and Alan and I got to talking, and we were like, you know, these coffee mugs really are not very good. That you can hardly fit your fingers through those little handles. Your knuckles get burned. It's hard to get out of the microwave. And, it, and if you, you're always worried about spilling if you walk from the, the kitchen to your desk. And we thought, you know, we're a bunch of scientists and engineers. We can right. hear <laughs> a better mug. I love that. So, okay, for those of you that don't know Alan and Diana, Alan, I mean, you're what, biochemical engineering, Stanford MBA. Diana, I mean, Harvard University, you guys are pretty sharp. So I, I love your backgrounds. And so how did you guys decide, you know what, we're going to take this idea, which we see the problem here, and we're going to actually research it and decide to create a product? We, I guess we just, we wanted to find a solution. You know, we've, we, we, we love math and science. We're total science nerds. And <laughs> I love that. <laughs> love it. I mean, I was, you know, I've, my, uh, previously I worked as a pharmaceutical process engineer. I worked as a medical de- medical device engineer. Um, Diana worked in clinical oncology. And so we, we really love solving problems and we're really inspired and motivated to find solutions and to make the world better for people. And when, you know, when we realized that there was this problem, um, we started talking to people and we learned how many people would like to have a better cup or would benefit from a better mug. Love and that. so we went down this path of starting to understand the biomechanics of how people interact with physical products. Oh my gosh. Okay. That is all right. So let's explore that. So you had the idea, you decide we're going to investigate it and start looking into it. So when you say investigate the biomechanics, what does that mean? Like how did, what did that mean for you guys? So what that means to us is when you, when you pick up a cup, what's happening is your when your hand engages with a mug. So generally the handles are small um, it puts your hand in a stressful state. So the ligaments and tendons that run from basically from the at one end of your palm all the way through your palm, through your wrist, through your arm to your elbow, all those ligaments and tendons are strained, which increases pain. Um, you're unable to actually grip the mug. So all the 
the weight and stress of that mug is actually not on your hand, but it's on the tips of your fingers. And so as you start to analyze how people drink and how people interact with these products, we want to create a mug that is more like an extension of your hand. And so we were, and so we spent, by the way, almost two and a half years working wow. on Amazing. Uh, a tremendous amount of time where we were analyzing the biomechanics of this. We, we actually purchased a 3D printer, so we could prototype, um, created a, an advisory team that includes the former president of the American Occupational Therapy Association. <laughs> she is a professor at Boston University's occupational um, therapy department. She's like this amazing world-around occupational therapist. And so we created this, this like team of amazing people um, which we were bouncing ideas off of, and we went into like data analysis, and we went in and we started prototyping and then testing, and in the end, we were found a way to balance creating a, a handle and a mug that puts your hand in what's called an anatomically neutral hand position, which is also called functional rest. Uh, so we balance that with putting your hand in an optimal power grip, and when this came together. And by the way, this came together in the form of a family of polynomial, of polynomial equations. So it's all, it was all math and science. And so we brought this all together, created the handle. It turned into virtually the most comfortable you know, mug you'll ever hold. The easiest thing to pick up, because it's like an optimal power grip position. And we believe the coolest looking mug ever. So when we... we started talking to people, we would get this response over and over again, like, I can't believe no one has done this before. And when, you know, you start looking at coffee mugs, you realize that there really hasn't been any significant change over 5,000 years. There's actually an excavation um, from a site in China where they pulled out a, a ceramic coffee mug and it dates back 4,500 4, years ago. And it looks almost like any mug that you would pull out of your, your kitchen cabinet. Wow. And it, it, uh, not our kitchen cabinet, because that has <laughs> damn. Of course. We, we only have jammer in our cabinet. I was going to say, you probably don't have any of those old kind any longer. <laughs> no, we don't. If, if we want one of those mugs, we have to go to the museum. <laughs> not around. <laughs> I, by the way, Crazy. I don't. I just have to say, like, I don't think I've ever used the words polynomial equations, even though I am an industrial engineer. But I, I okay. So I love that. All right. So talk about so two years. So there are people listening to this. They're like, oh my god, two years. But talk about why, because not everyone understands like to create a physical product. Like you know the design elements that go into that. Talk about what happened in those two years. And it was more like two and a half to three. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, right? I mean, I don't think people realize it takes time. So talk about some of the key things that happened during that time. Oh, totally. And it's, you know, it just happens one day at a time, first of all. And so like if people are listening, it's designing a product. It just, it takes time because in our case, you know, we would make prototypes out of Play-Doh and we would you know, go around and put our hands on every kind of handle possible. And we would start re just recording data. Um, we were going into like military data tables and civilian data tables. We were going anywhere we could go to find information on hand anatomies, on grip strengths. Um, we started, we started um, building models and then 3D printing them. And initially, we would just outsource the 3D printing and then getting feedback from customers. And it became a iterative process. We then found, you know, different manufacturers, and we wanted to um, make the products very manufacturable. 
right? Which means that it's they're easily made, and of course, easily made means that they're cheaper to produce because we we want to make an affordable product, and so we're we're not interested in premium products. We're, we're interested in like a product for everyone, and so we wanted to be really thoughtful about um, designing something that can be made easily in you know most manufacturing settings. Sure. Yeah, and when we started out, we thought you know how hard could a coffee mug be to make. Right. Uh, I mean, realized, <laughs> you're right. Good question. Yeah. So we realized that our product is actually very challenging to make. So it took countless hours working with manufacturer to, to really work through all of the issues um, and, and and scale up and, and all kinds of things. So um, it definitely was one of the more challenging aspects that we had to work through, especially at the beginning. Yeah. And by countless hours, we mean like, Months into years. <laughs> right. Not like eight to 10 hours. Right. So and, uh, we mean like, you know, 12, 15 months of time to like, in, really, I'm just going back in, in our, our, these are made in Arizona. And so we spent many, many weeks, like out of 52 weeks, I think we probably spent 20 at the factory, actually working with our, our manufacturer as a partner, right. And like working through problems and helping design um, new tools and new machines and new processes to make the mugs. So designing the product is one thing, but then we have to get it made. And so, and it's, it's all very much related. And so we spend a lot of figuring all these pieces out and then always going back to the customer to make sure that the customers love it, going back to our medical advisor to make sure that she still loves it. And it's just like this big iterative process. Yeah. The factory owners have worked in ceramics for over four years and they told us that our product is the, Hardest product they've ever had to make. It was amazing, actually. Um, our manufacturer was a uh, he was a Vietnam veteran, and this oh, wow. guy had Very three cool. yeah three three Purple Hearts out of Vietnam. He left Vietnam, went to Harvard Business School, um, and then got into ceramics in the seventies. And you know, has been doing it ever since. And and this is like Diana said, the hardest thing he's ever made. It's interesting. So one of the things we talk about with entrepreneurs is, you know, once you have the idea, you've done the research, you've done some design work, you've, you you mentioned uh, very clearly, you have a team that you engage to help you with guidance and recommendations and whatnot. But how did you figure out, though, you know, who to go with and how to find a product manufacturer? Because both of your backgrounds, while engineering and, and chemistry and whatnot, uh, that was in manufacturing. So how did you figure that part out? Because I think a lot of people are sitting here going, hey, how do you find a manufacturer? Um. It's hard. <laughs> a lot of phone calls. And as a, as a process engineer, I, I had experience in factories, but my experience was in pharmaceutical manufacturing and membrane manufacturing, um, not ceramic manufacturing. And so our first manufacturer was here in Massachusetts, and we found the person by going on to Google. Oh, you know, wow. And then we worked with them Very for good. a week or, so, or a month or so, and then we realized that they couldn't do what we needed. And so we found another one and we learned that they and could again, do it. And again, we thought this right. would be pretty simple when we right. started out. <laughs> Quick little um, phone call and get a design to them, right? It, so we went through one, then two, then three, then four. And now we're on our fifth manufacturer and they're, they're the ones out in Arizona. Yeah. And we definitely, along the way, developed a lot of knowledge around ceramics and ceramic manufacturing that we, we didn't know anything at the beginning, right. but it's all kind of self-taught. So it's very much trial and error. And, you know, we may, we went through four manufacturers before we went to our first and we definitely made mistakes along the way. And, you know, luckily none of the mistakes were catastrophic. Um, I think for us, the biggest 
the biggest learning when finding a manufacturer was to be able to trust the person that you're dealing with, like the actual manufacturer. And in, in every instance, we worked hard to build a relationship with that person. And, you know, and it didn't work out four out of the five times, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but because they, they couldn't scale up, but we still built these relationships. Yeah. I think one of the other challenges that we were developing, we were trying to manufacture a product that had never been made before. So there was a lot of um, learning and development. Um, whereas sometimes you're you're looking to have something manufactured that's the bread and butter of someone. So, so we had to to use a lot of our own thinking on how we were going to make this happen. I, just, I love that. I love that. All right. So we found the manufacturer. You go into production. You work through all the details over the three and a half years and whatnot. So you have product. And then what? So how do you get it to market? Um, you know, How are you selling today? What have been your lessons learned around sales channels and, you know, building awareness and getting, I'll call it uh, distribution. So the, the first thing that we were doing um, kind of throughout the process, especially towards the end of the process was actually trying to get patents and intellectual property. Uh, yep. Of course. You know, our mug is so unique that even though coffee mugs have been around for 5,000 years, we were able to actually get a lot of patents. So we have design patents, we have utility patents, we've got patents in the U S we have patents overseas. Um, pending. We have tons of patents pending. Um, and so we have a patent strategy. And so as entrepreneurs who are trying to build a company, trying to build a brand, um, getting IP, which of course is protection for our products, was really important. So we went through that process all along the way. Um, and then to get to the sales channels and distribution, that became a whole new phase of the process. And um, for us, we first wanted to test this out with our kind of our highest need user. So the idea came from my, you know, the idea um, originated with having lunch with my grandfather. And so we went to his senior living community and started talking to people there. We then ended up spending, I want to say a year cold calling every senior living community that we, that we could get the phone number to. Wow. As a full-time job, cold calling. Yeah, and I would say, so we started there. Our vision from the very beginning, again, was that the Jamber is applicable for all walks of life. Um, but we wanted to start in the B2B space because we can get uh, feedback faster. Well, and um, larger order sizes, right? Quantity sales versus the onesie twosies. Exactly. And, and, and this, you know, figure out manufacturing. Yeah, exactly. And starting in senior living was great for, like, for the reasons that I was talking about of just like building up our knowledge and getting some revenue and some sales and it snowballed. And so we literally picked up the phone and just cold called and we started getting um, customers, which then got us more customers. And then we started talking to big national companies and we then started talking to distributors and this all kind of snowballed up. And, you know, now we're basically in senior living communities in all 50 States. We're in Canada uh, we've recently expanded into Europe, and then um, we finally launched to consumers back in November. So only about at this point, I guess about five or so months ago, and it's been we've kind of been on growth mode ever since. That's that's awesome. Well, in addition to the most comfortable mug ever, tell our audience about the Vivian mug because I love this story. So the Vivian mug, uh, came, so we got an order from a customer. Um, back around November. Yeah, right around Thanksgiving. And as we mentioned, we first started um, our direct-to-consumer launch. So we were, you know, emailing um, with all of our customers just 
you know, saying thank you and how did you find out about Jamber? So we got to talking and we learned that um, through, through talking, we learned that our, our customer had a, a five-year-old daughter who was battling stage four high-risk neuroblastoma, which is a, yeah, a very rare pediatric cancer. And so as a surprise, um, we decided to make a special mug to put in the order um, to give to this customer's daughter. Um, his, her name is Vivian. And so- I'll just jump in. We both, Diana and I, um, even before we started Jamber in our respective careers, we've always been motivated to make the world better. You know, Diana, like I said, was in clinical psychology. I was in pharma and uh, medical device engineering. Wanted to make the world better. When we learned about this customer, whose name is Scott, when we learned about Scott's daughter, Vivian, we, we, we were, our, our hearts were touched. And so we wanted to make the world better. And so we, we wanted to therefore surprise his daughter with a special mug. Yeah, and make her feel special. And so we designed a, a, a mug that said that Vivian on it, had a princess crown and a bunch of flowers and all pinks and purples. Our, our daughter even would, um, would tell us, you know, I would make it this color, <laughs> what I liked when I was five. Right. And so we, yeah, so we sent it, sent it over. Um, with his order. With his order, and and she just loved it, and it, it made her feel special, which is what we really wanted. Um, and then later we got to talking that night and said, you know, we really started Jamber to make the world a better place and, and help out people. What if what if we started a Vivian mug and we put that crown, which is part of the design that we had for, for Vivian herself, on the mugs and and donated some money to um, Vivian and her family for everyone we sold. And it just would help spread spread goodness because every time someone has a Vivian mug, they would think about the sweet little girl and that they're doing something good. Yeah, I love it. And for those of you that haven't checked it out, you can go to jamber.com and and check out the Vivian mug. I think it's my favorite. I mean, I love all of your, your mugs and the one you, you guys sent over to me, but this one is awesome. And I love the picture of her. It's so cute on the website. And her dad had let us know that um, Vivian has to gain weight as she's going through chemotherapy. And her Vivian mug has become her go-to ice cream mug. <laughs> and so awesome. <laughs> every day she's eating ice cream out of her Vivian she mug. She probably and wants the 16-ounce version then. <laughs> <laughs> Not the 8. The the eight ounce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, um, why don't you guys share, uh, you know, I mean, you guys have an incredible company. I'm excited to see you know, your growth and where you guys go with this. What, you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs and um, product people and, and folks that have launched companies listening to this podcast. And they, I know one of the things everyone enjoys is some of the lessons learned. So share, uh, you've kind of broached on some of these, but share one or two of your key lessons learned over the last couple of years in getting this company started and this product launched. The first one, which I think we already touched on, is that manufacturing is really hard. And That's it's usually sure. overlooked. We're like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll design and they'll just get it made. Manufacturing is really hard. And so just make sure that you um, give it the time and the funding that is necessary to really get something made. And the, the more time, at least for us, that we spent at the factory, the more we understood about the process. And that had an impact in the design of the product. And it also allowed us to work with, like, side by side, physically side by side with our manufacturer to help us bring the, our costs down. And so that was a, a really big learning for us. And it's, it still is. It's, you know, we're, we're years in the process and we're still learning about it. You know, still constantly incorporate into our design. Yeah. And I would add the, the need for, that there really is a need for innovation on everyday products. And 
in this world of technology, we still interact with physical products every day. Um, and so o- over the time we've been working on Jamper, I mean, I never thought we'd be making, I'd be making coffee mugs. But right. I love it, I though. Am, but I, I do know how much of a difference it makes in your everyday life. And that the things that we do for leisure and relaxation, like drinking coffee, um, should be a comfortable and wonderful experience. Yeah, we've, we're just we're surprised at how many people benefit from, the, from these mugs. And so we get emails and phone calls and even uh, handwritten notes and even people visiting us at the office seven days a week. We have some sort of communication from customers. And our customers are, you know, 30-year-old working professionals. They're 20-year-old gamers who apparently like to play games <laughs> and just keep their hand on their coffee mug all the time. Yep. You know, we've had parents reach out to us and say that their kids drink more water because of Jamber mugs. Of course, Vivian eats more ice cream because of her. Of course, of course. Hey, I, we have like I love year old customers, you know, who have arthritis and who are who would otherwise be unable to drink, and they're able to drink independently because of Jamper mugs. One thing I like that you guys do is you include the handwritten notes with the product. I think that's such a cool uh, extra special customer experience thing. Yeah, it's we're, we're we want to build a company that our kids can be proud of. And so to us, Jamber, you know, it means innovative, it means kind, it means vibrant, it means fun. And so the handwritten note is kind of an extension of like the kind of people that we are. Where did Jamber come from? Where did the name come from? Oh, so Jamber is actually a coined word and it's just meant to be fun. So, you know, we're, we're infusing math and science into the design of the products, but the end result is that you just feel good. And so we made up the word Jamber to, to represent that fun feeling of, Jambering together with your friends. I love it. Even I the think logo cool. is actually yeah. two handles <laughs> clinking together because jamber is not meant to be in isolation. You must ah, jamber. I see. That's what the logo. Okay, I got it. That's cool. I like that. Cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, that's very cool. All right. So last but not least, where can our listeners find you? Where can they find the products? How can they engage with you guys? So you can find Jamber on jamber.com j-a-m-b-e-r and we've we've just um in the last few months relaunched our website to make it very consumer friendly to make it fun and we we have created these new incline design colors um one of which we sent to you that again meant to be fun and modern and really cool and hip and so it's like if you hold the mug and it feels amazing but it also looks super cool and modern yeah, so the, school, the colors that we um, first have now are uh, ruby red, which is a very bold color, uh, Moroccan blue incline, and which is kind of like a tealy, oceany, and uh, admiral blue as well. So again, you can find uh, any Jamber mugs on jamber.com. I love it. All right. And I, you know, I would normally end right now, but I have to ask one more question. So you guys get to work together, husband and wife. How's that been? I think it depends who you ask. If you ask me, <laughs> I would say it is the most thing ever. I I love working with my wife. She's my best friend. I love it. It's twenty seven. Literally, like we wake up and we're talking work. <laughs> we're in the shower talking right. work, talking work, and it's just it's awesome. And I I feel very blessed. Diana, and it's Jamper is a twerk <laughs> of work and life. It's just all together. So like it's a total family business. Um, you know, we talk about it at dinner. Our nine month old runs through the hallways and touches all the boxes and chases the dog at the office. <laughs> Yeah, I have to say, I've like 
like you guys, my wife and I have a lot of fun working on uh, our creative projects, and you guys have really turned this into a, a, a big business, and it's just awesome. Well, hey, listen, I'm so glad you guys are on the podcast today. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Justin. Thanks so much, Justin. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us on The Contender Cast. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.